It's time for Morning Soul Shine with Bridget, a podcast where we interview people who express their stories of triumph. I'm your host, Certified Life and Mindset Coach, Bridget Gibson. Tonight, a very, very special man of God. He is Pastor Benny Humphreys. And oh my goodness, I'm so excited to interview you tonight, Pastor. Um, You know, I've been talking about you um, to so many people, you're such a blessing. And so you're in Peru. Now, what is the name of the town that you're in? I'm in a Peru called Terrapoto. Okay. So Terrapoto. is that like a huge, is it a city? It is. It is. It's a jungle city. So it's kind of like one there's there's two large jungle cities and i'm in one so the people that live off the river and um and and jungle areas deep 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 can come in and get supplies and things that they need for their life in this city so when is there a city that you can compare your where you live here in the united states so we can Uh, get an idea uh the the chicago riots back in the 70s wow. <laughs> no I'm, I'm just kidding um no it's not that bad it, i would compare it's just a small it's just just a small city they there's a few creature comforts okay so we have a movie theater in oh, the okay. city we have a movie theater um one movie theater and we have um whatever will be a creature comfort there's a, a few uh, small supermarkets where they ship in uh, products from the, the main city, Lima, the capital. Mm-hmm. So there, it's just a place really where people come and get supplies and, and for tourism because it's a stop where you can stop and then head out into the deep jungle. So there's a lot of tourism here. Oh, really? Yes. So. What yes. is the um, what is the beautiful you know the beautification of it? Is it a beautiful um, country? It is absolutely gorgeous. It's tropical. It's waterfalls. It's flora. It's it's everything that you um, do. You remember back in the day, Fantasy Island, and they would have uh, the guy standing there with the little. With mm-hmm. the little kind of small, smaller guy, yeah. <laughs> and yeah. they'd be waving as the as the plane would come in, and you see that beautiful landscape. You know, they say "Welcome to Fantasy Island." Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like that. Oh wow! So even through all of that beauty, you said there is poverty there. Gross, gross poverty, gross, absolute gross poverty. So the poorest of the poor. Uh, that come out of the jungles, they'll come here and then get involved in, in what's called the squatters communities where you squat on a piece of property, build a, a thatch hut, and uh, um, stay there six months, and then the government will recognize you and allow you to stay there. Oh, wow. So do you ever go out into the jungles? Uh, of course, we have to. That's that's we do a lot of work. We do a lot of work in, 
in in the what is called the uh, Peruvian Triangle, and it's a, a place deep up the Amazon River where Brazil, Colombia, and Peru meets. So we hold a lot of pastoral conferences out there with the people from those three countries because they're so close together that they can just hop on the river and then meet up in Peru and um, then we can have meetings. So let's, let's go back. So you're originally from Akron, Ohio. Right. How did you, we wasn't, how did you, we wasn't, well, well, we wasn't supposed to tell anybody that, but now that oh. it's out, um, now that it's out, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, I'm from, <laughs> listen, you know, Ak listen, you know what, LeBron James come from Akron, so you know what, you know, um, we got a little something, something going on over there. Come from Akron, Ohio, grew up in the, in the projects, grew up in the ghetto, um, between the years of eight, and nine is really kind of like when I left the house okay. and, and started, uh, kind of started my life on the streets. Mm -hmm. uh, I really didn't have a choice. I was forced to. It was either that or succumb to the witchcraft and, and the lifestyle that my, my, my mother lived, which I just could not stand. Mm -hmm. So, yes, I... Nine years old, living on the streets, uh, sleeping in abandoned cars. Uh, sometimes I would, especially at nighttime, I would go from house to house and, and uh, I would check the porch doors to see if anybody left the porch open. Then I would go in onto the porch and sleep on the porch until morning. Uh, sell weed uh, to, to get keep money in my pocket and, and basically grew up that way. So you do you see a plan of God in all of this? You know, you um, growing I, up poor and being now in one of the poorest countries. Yeah, there's definitely some some dynamics uh, to that. I mean, I can have you know we we you really have a lot, a lot of authority in the area in life that you that you overcome. You mm -hmm. know, so uh, let's say people that. Um, overcome a terrible marriage uh, and God restores their marriage, well, then they have a lot of authority in that, in that area in the spiritual realm to speak to other people or speak into other people's marriages. So there's definitely that connection as well, yes. Wow. So how many members do you have at your church? Um, we have about 150 in one church. We have uh, about 80 in another, um, and then in the other smaller jungle churches, those numbers vary. So you have, uh, so you're a pastor over one church, or how many churches? Are no, 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 no. We we oversee 150 pastors. Oh, wow. We oversee 150 pastors. So, so but I, I, yeah, myself specifically, um, like today, before we got on, I was in uh, uh, I was in a a, uh, a session, a five hour session. So I, you know, I, I do have to my time. I, I separate it <clears throat> because I don't actually have a lot of it. So 
I come on to Clubhouse, I, I make sure that I set time apart for certain things that are important to me, that I feel like God has, has made um, a priority. Okay. And so uh, that door has opened, and then, you know, I you know thank God for that. Um, I'm not involved in a lot of things because I'm always busy, mm -hmm. but so I'm always counseling. If I'm not counseling, then it's always a ministry. If it's not, not ministry, then it's another church. I was just in, uh, for the past, past month, uh, uh, fixing a, a problem in one of the churches. Mm -hmm. uh, the pastor had a division in the church and I had to go there and, and bring restoration to the people, restoration to the church, restoration to the pastor. So um, sometimes I'll do that. Sometimes I'll travel up the Amazon river and then, you know, of course those periods of time, I'll, I won't, won't be obviously available, you know, that much on online because I'll, I'll be traveling up the Amazon and there's not, not a lot of connection because we go deep up into the jungle. And when you, go up into the jungle how long are you there um it depends generally if i'm gonna go it's got to be at least a month so that um i can do the things that i that i need to do plus i have so many people that want me to visit not just you know the ministries that um we've created or we're a part of but other churches because they know about us and then they want us to come in and minister in their churches so oh wow it, it's 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 a lot of work and and um actually a lot of opportunities um and it's it's, it's kind of interesting because um in one jungle city uh, there was a missionary who had just spent 60 years creating his church very very large ministry actually larger mm -hmm. than my my ministry here and he asked me if I would take it over. That he felt that God had told him it was time to leave the mission field. And he asked me if I would take it over. And I and I prayed. And God said, no, it's, that's not for you. Wow. So, I mean, opportunities uh, abound, abound for, for for ministry. But it's it's hard work because when you go up the Amazon River, it's not like you, you can go on a very nice boat. Um, it's not like the love boat, you know, so you're on a cramped cargo ship and everybody is like sardines next, next to one another in a hammock. And then on that uh, boat, there's only two bathrooms. So, so it is a very, very strange dynamic. And then, of course, on the boat, you're not alone. So you're with animals. Um, Food that they're bringing up the Amazon River into the jungle cities, uh, animals that are being shipped from one place to another. So you're on a large barge, and it is most people would not be able to handle it. Just the smell. So how did God prepare you for that? How did God prepare you for that work? You know. <laughs> He set me up, Bridget. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just shaking my head. 
he set me up. He set me up for real. It's like you know, it's like he bopped me on the head, and then I woke up in Peru. You know what I'm saying? No, it wasn't like that. Um, but it was, you know, I I had I had uh I had offers to to minister in over 55 different countries, mm-hmm. and so Peru was not even on the list. Point blank, period. And I was coming home from a conference one day, and I saw a little guy. Peruvians are kind of small people. Mm-hmm. Um, nothing against that, but, but he was sitting next to me, and in his broken English, he he said, uh, he said, uh, "What do you do for a living?" I said, I, "I'm an evangelist," and I was at the mm-hmm. time. You know, Apostle Paul actually started out as evangelist mm-hmm. uh, as well, but I said, "I'm an evangelist," and he said, uh, would, "He said, would you think about coming to Peru?" And I was like, eh, eh, "Not really, in my mind." You know, what I'm saying. <laughs> Not really. Um, you know, I had offers to 55 different countries, and I wasn't feeling it. And I says, you know, I'll pray about it. And he says, you pray about it, and I'll pray about it. Mm-hmm. And if God wants wants it to happen, then it'll happen. And if not, it won't happen. So I'm like, I, I like that. I like that kind of prayer. It's straightforward. Mm-hmm. You know, no, no, no mixing around, no flesh. Just and so at the time. I was on my way to uh, Bible College okay. in North Carolina. Now, okay, I, I went to a university, a Christian university, uh, Bible University. And while I was at this university, God, God put me on my face and said, "I want you to go visit Peru." So I said, "Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll do that." And now, before I came to Peru, Bridget, mm-hmm. I, I walked away from a million-dollar business contract. I had a company called, um, it was called 7CC. Mm-hmm. And what my company did is we had the cleaning contract for all of the, the La Quinta uh, hotels in Florida. Oh, wow. And this is construction on a construction level, not like inside mm-hmm. cleaning like that. But this is outside. This is, you know, it's, it's, it's just a different level. At different stages of construction, then there's certain things that our company was responsible mm-hmm. for. And so God had given me, uh, I, I just want to call it crazy favor um, with, with this company mm-hmm. that had the contract. And I was just about to sign the contract for for all of Florida. Now that would have put me into the million dollar bracket. Uh, I mean, because at the time I was personally just I was personally making we're talking twenty twenty something years ago. I was making mm-hmm. five thousand dollars a week. Mm-hmm. Just me. After paying after paying, you know, ten employees and everything else. So I was extremely blessed, but yes. God said, I want you to walk away from it. And, and that was the one of the hardest things I've ever had to do. And I've had to walk away from uh, two businesses twice like this to uh, do his will, which was eventually to get me to Peru. So while I was in uh, North Carolina, I was a, 
a manager at first I was a manager at Kmart and then Target came and headhunted me mm-hmm. from Kmart, sent somebody and said from corporation and said that they wanted me to come work for Target. Okay. So I went over to Target. So I went over to Target and I was blessed. I was financially blessed. So God told me to go to uh, Peru. Mm-hmm. So I had the money. I bankrolled everything, uh, came down and uh, called the, that little guy that I had met. And it turned out that he was the super intendant for the Church of God for the country of Peru. Mm-hmm. So be- before I get to Peru, God speaks to me in a dream two nights consecutive about Peru. First, he takes me into the jungle of Peru in the mm-hmm. dream and shows me the jungle. Now, he doesn't tell me in the dream that, the, that he's calling me here. He's just showing me the country mm-hmm. in, the, in my dream. So in my dream, I'm standing in the jungle, and I'm like, okay, I see this. I see this. I see things I've never seen before. Okay. And then the next night in the dream, now I'm, I'm putting a roof on a house in the dream working with materials that I've never even seen or used before. Mm -hmm. And a woman walks out of the house in the dream, looks up at me on the roof and said, I had a dream that you would be here. Wow. And so I'm thinking, hold up, this is too deep for me. How is it that (laughs) she... Wait a minute, how's it? She had a dream in my dream. Wait a minute, this is my dream, but yet you had a dream. I'm like, I'm like, God, you be playing too much. <laughs> uh, you be playing too much. You be just taking us too deep. And so I remember those dreams. And then another thing he had spoke to me, the Holy Spirit, he said, uh, when you go to Peru, make sure you stay on the bus. So I said, okay. So I get to Peru. Now I'm standing in the exact same place that he took me in a dream. Wow. And, you know, you've, you've heard of deja vu, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. This wasn't deja vu. This was, this was like, um, um, this was like the, the twilight zone. Wow. This was <laughs> this was this was different because I'm looking at the exact same thing. I'm looking at the exact same setting. Everything. Mm-hmm. Um. So I said, "Wow, God, okay, this is a confirmation that at least I know I'm supposed to be here, and I'm not spending money for nothing." And um, <laughs> and and so. The third day I was here in the hotel that I stayed in, the woman that came out of the house in the second dream walked out of a room and walked right by me. Wow. And as she walked by me, God said, that's your wife. Oh, my goodness. And I, 
and I said, uh, I said, no, it ain't. I said, uh, <laughs> I said, that's not, not what I had on my list. Cause before I started ministry, uh, Bible college, I had made a list of the, of the type of woman that I wanted and I wrote it down and it was like 20 something characteristics. And so when she walked by, I was like, she ain't hitting one of them. <laughs> I was like, you know, that's the flesh. I said, that has got to be the flesh speaking, talking to me. And he said it again. He said, that's your wife. And I'm like, no, Lord, that's impossible. That is not what I asked you for. <laughs> so I'm going back and forth with this. And um, he, he is not letting me go. And so... She, she's in the hotel, and I see her, and, and I can't speak Spanish at the time. So I'm with my interpreter, and I had my interpreter call her, and I said, I said, um, <laughs> I said, you know, I don't know who you are, but God spoke to me, and, um, and uh, I said, uh, I would like to invite you to one of our conferences that we're having. Mm -hmm. and, and she was like, nope, I ain't <laughs> feeling it. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, yes, yes, there you go. There you go, God. You know, she's like, I, I don't know you. I, 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 by the way, I'm Catholic. And uh, everybody. Everybody knew that I was I was there to do a crusade, mm -hmm. evangelical crusade. So the second day I asked her again, I said, would you mind coming to the conference? And she said, would you please stop asking me? And uh, um, I was like, that's it. That's all I need to know. I'm good to go. <laughs> the third night at the conference, I'm preaching and I look up and she's standing in the back. Oh, my goodness. I'm like, God, no, you didn't. He's like, yes, I did. And and she's standing in the back. I give the altar call, and, and about, I don't know, maybe 40, 50 people come forward, and she's one of them. Oh, my gosh. And so I go down, and after I lead everybody to the Lord, I start praying for people, laying hands on people, and God said, don't touch her. He said, don't touch her. So I, I walked past her, and and just as I walked past her, she fell out in the spirit. Oh, my gosh. Now we're back in the hotel, and I'm in the bathroom. God says, that's your wife. I'm like, oh, God. I said, are you serious? And he said, that's your wife. Ask her to marry you. And this is the third day? This is the fourth day now. Fourth day. Fourth day. I I, I just uh, got, got my interpreter and uh, and I said, I said, would you mind if I talk to you for a minute? And she said, sure. So I said, I, said, <clears throat> I was like, would you marry me? <laughs> no, I'm my goodness. I said, I said, listen, I said, God spoke to me and told me that you were my wife. And you know what she said? What? She said, God ain't spoke to me. 
She said, I'm not marrying you. I said, okay. Okay, it's back on again now. All right. I say now and now it's back on, God, you know, she just told me no, so I'm done with this. Don't even try nothing else. And um the next day comes is and I'm supposed to leave in the afternoon, fly out to another city. And now my interpreter says she wants to speak to me. Oh my God. I walk up and she says, She said, God told me that you were my husband. <gasps> oh my gosh. That is she so said this, romantic. She said, This goes against everything in my in my being, but I know that he spoke to me. She said, You do not, not understand how destroyed my family is going to be because they have invested every cent that they own to put, put me through school so I could be a nun. And, and I was so close to fulfilling all the vows that it takes to be a nun. But I gave my life to Jesus at that meeting. Wow. And he spoke to me. What a story. What a romantic story. Listen, you talk about an emotional mess. Oh, oh my gosh. I was an emotional mess. I'm sure. I mean, God was just, just messing with me. I mean, so I said, when she said yes, like where did it, I I had no place to go. <laughs> <laughs> but but yes, but respond yes. And and then I went to the overseer for the church of God mm -hmm. and, and I said, Listen, I said, um I know it's gonna sound crazy, but um God spoke to me and I I'm gonna marry this woman and 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 dude was like, he's like, you can't do that. He's like, no, nah, man. He says, you can't do that. And I said, why? Why? He said, because you're you're different. You're from two different nationalities. It's not going to work. Mm -hmm. And man, I was like, you know, you know, back in the day when you used to say bunk, you know, mm -hmm. bump you. I was like, man, mm -hmm. man, bunk you, mm -hmm. you know, bunk you, man. I'm fit to marry this woman. God told me to do it, and I'm doing it. So I turned to my interpreter and I said, "How do we get out of here?" He said, "There's only one way." He said, "You you gotta you gotta take an airplane or you gotta get on the bus." But where we need to go, you can only get you can only get there by bus. Now, what did God tell me before I left to go to, to come to the to Peru? Stay on the bus. Stay on the bus. Stay on the bus. So now, I told her. I says, "Look." We're going to take a bus. We're going to go to the another city where the, the interpreter lives, and we're going to get married in that city. This was day six. Oh, my gosh. So she got, she got her little backpack. She got her some clothes. She said, I cannot tell my mother. It will break her heart. I have to wait. 
I got to drop this on her later. Um, we got on the bus, Bridget. Now we're going over the mountains of Peru in the bus. This is your first I mean, time being in Peru. First time. Oh, Lord. <laughs> Listen, we're going over the mountains. We so high up, clouds are in the, in the, in the bus. And uh, I'm like, okay. Hey, this is this is interesting. And my my interpreter was sitting in front of me and I was sitting in the back with my fiance. Mm -hmm. And my interpreter turned around and said, the guy sitting next to me <clears throat> has something to say to you. And it was an older gentleman. He was probably about sixty, about sixty years old. Mm -hmm. And uh he says Speaking through the interpreter, he says, he says, um, he said, God put me on this bus to speak to you. And I said, okay. And he said, God is telling me to tell you to do not doubt in your heart that the woman next to you is your wife. That he has given her to you as an example as a gift and to stop wrestling with it and to embrace it the, the union that he has forged between the two of you now you don't even know this lady six I days I don't know her and I don't know the dude this this talking <laughs> you gotta write a movie you gotta write a movie I, listen <laughs> I don't even know this dude is giving me a prophetic word. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm sitting here in the clouds, literally, listening to this man. And then he, then he said, he said, you're preparing. He said, God has blessed you in America, and you're preparing a place to to take her and to bring her to the United States. And it was like, I was. I, I was already thinking about that, you know. And he said, "But he said God is God has called you to Peru." And he said, "Not only has God called you to Peru, he said God has given you Peru." And he went in to say some other things about things that were going on in my life in the United States that no one could have known. No one. Do and you he believe said, "God that was an angel." No, 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 absolutely. No, I, I know for I know one hundred percent it wasn't an angel because later on I found out it was it was an apostle who who was over um a hundred churches and he was just happened to be on the bus going to visit one of his churches. Wow. And God spoke to him right then and there to mm -hmm. speak to me. Mm -hmm. So listen, he says not only. Not only this, but what God will confirm this word that I spoke. And as soon as he finished the last sentence, the glory of God fell in the bus. Bridget, I, I mean, I'm serious. The glory of God, the anointing was so strong that we all, all broke out screaming oh. and crying. Wow. And I'm not talking about just us. I'm talking about everybody on the bus. What year was this? This was 1999. This was 1999. 
power of God hit that bus so hard <clears throat> that people were, some people were screaming. Oh my gosh. There were people hiding behind the seat like they would just slip <laughs> underneath the seat. Oh my gosh. I'm serious because I got up and started walking down the aisle and I saw, I saw people hiding behind the seat, dug down. You know, they didn't know what had happened. And me being an evangelism, I, evangelist at the time, I was like, I'm finna give an altar call. Everybody on the bus got saved. Everybody got saved, including the bus driver. Now, your wife, your fiance at the time, who was Catholic, did she right. realize what was going on? She had no, no clue. <laughs> she was, she was, she was tore up from the flow up. <laughs> <laughs> she had no clue. <laughs> no. No. Unbelievable. Oh, she knows she's weeping and crying, snotting. Everybody's weeping and crying. I mean, just the presence was just I, I I've never been uh no, I'm not gonna say never. Um I've only been in that level of the presence of God two other times in my life. So now we get to the city where the interpreter lives, and the interpreter says, "You know what?" He said, "Man," he said, "Forget that translator. He's a, he's an old racist, man. Don't worry about him." He said, "He said I'm gonna set up a crusade in a in a in a in a in, in a mini coliseum here in my city." And he said, "I'm gonna set it up for the night because I know everybody in the city, including the mayor." He said, "I'm gonna call it the mayor. I'm gonna talk to the mayor." I'm gonna tell everybody we having a crusade. The mayor's gonna get the, the the announcement out over the radio station, and we're gonna have a crusade. I was like, okay. And he said, <laughs> So wait, you're on your way to go get married, and then right? you're having a crusade. <laughs> now I'm having a, now I'm having a crusade. Uh, if you don't write this movie, I'm right. <laughs> So so listen, now I'm thinking, wait, I'm supposed to get married. He said, he said, no, don't worry about that. He said, he said, he said, the mayor will come to the crusade. And he said, the mayor has the power to marry you. And, this, and um, after the crusade, he said, uh, we'll get, get married. You get, the mayor will marry you. I'll be your witness. I'll marry you at, uh, as, as a pastor, the ecclesiastic, ecclesiastical side. And um, the legal side, the mayor will handle. And I was like, okay. So we do the crusade. I don't know. Maybe it was a small crusade. Maybe six, seven hundred people. Mm -hmm. And uh, uh, the mayor did show up. He did show up. He showed up with about six, six bodyguards. And he was standing at the, the entrance of the of the Coliseum. And I'm out in the middle. And I'm just preaching, preaching, preaching. Mm -hmm. Next thing I know, one of his bodyguards walks out to the center of the, of the field where my pulpit is and says the mayor would like to accept the Jesus Christ that you're preaching about. Wow. So the I mayor. said, okay, the mayor. So I said, okay, that's fine. I said, that's fine. But tell the mayor that if he wants to, then he has to come out and do it in front of the city because God has no secret believers. Mm -hmm. Next thing I know, he's walking out with, with all six of his bodyguards came right out in the middle of the field and said, what, what, listen, I'm not kidding you, Bridget. He said, what must I do to be saved? Wow. 
Wow. And, and I, uh, I said, all you have to do is pray with me. And I told, I didn't tell everybody in the Coliseum what was going on at first. I wanted to make sure. And then I let everybody know that the mayor is about to make a most important decision in his life. He gave his life to the Lord. <laughs> and then he looked at, then he looked at all his bodyguards and he said, he said, now every one of you going to do the same. <laughs> wow. Oh my God. And so I led all, all them to the Lord too. I don't know if they wanted to or not, but they was under his. <laughs> <laughs> he said they was going to do it and they did it. That's all I know. So he, he said, listen, he said, tomorrow morning, um, I want you to come to my house. I want to speak to you. I need to share. <clears throat> I need to share with you something that I saw that I saw. I need to share this with you. It's very important. So I went to his house in the morning. We had breakfast together and he says, listen, he said, I've been a mayor for, I don't know, six, four years, something like that. He mm -hmm. said, he said, I know for the first time why I'm supposed to be the mayor. He said, I now have, he said, I know how to be a mayor, but he says, now I know why I'm supposed to be the wow. mayor. And so God had given him that revelation. And he says, listen. He said, when you were preaching, he said, I wasn't a believer. Mm -hmm. He said, I came out of curiosity. And, and um, he said, when you begin to speak, he said, those words really became life. And he said, not only that, he said, Nobody else saw it because I asked my bodyguards, but he said, I saw a light around your body. And he said, when I saw that light around your body, I knew that God had sent you here. And if it was only for me, then it was only for me. Wow. And so he said, I thank you and I bless you. And I'm going to hand you a deed to an acre of land in the city free of charge that you can use to build a church or do whatever you want. Wow. Amazing. <clears throat> Amazing. So now you have your wife, you have an acre of land in Peru. Yes. So <laughs> you're like, okay, what do I do? Do I go back to the United States or do I stay here? No, 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 no. I had to go back. Oh, so because I had, I I had to because I had six months of Bible college to finish um, to get my bachelor's, okay, okay? and <clears throat> so I told my my wife I says listen I said I got to go back back and finish I said this degree is important, um, mm -hmm. but what I'll do is I'll send you I'll go back but I'll send you money every week. Mm -hmm. And I'll get things ready in the United States and get all the paperwork ready for you to come to live in the United States while I'm finishing up school. Mm -hmm. And she, she was like, okay. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> so now you married her and now you're leaving her. <laughs> now I'm leaving her. But listen, I said, baby, I'm not going to leave you lonely. We're going to consummate the marriage. Don't worry about that. <laughs> 
Oh my gosh. And uh, God spoke to me and said, let her know before you even consummate the marriage that she's immediately going to be pregnant. Oh and, my gosh. And for her not to be afraid and not to worry about it. <clears throat> so I told her, I says, listen, I said, um, you're going to get pregnant. You're going to be pregnant instantly. And this is God's purpose and it's God's plan. So don't be frightened. Don't worry about it. Um, he's letting you know in it. He's letting you know in advance so, so that you will know how to handle it while I, I'm in um, the United States. And, um, and I'll know to send extra money as well. And so, so um, we consummated the marriage and I had to leave the next day. Oh my gosh. That's, oh my, my goodness. So she really had to trust and believe God that she heard correctly. Oh, of course she did, because now she's away from her family. They don't know what's going on. She's with a strange guy, is the pastor, my interpreter, in a different city. She's now uh, a born-again believer, and she's a baby, with a baby. Wow, I, I get back to uh, I get back to the states, and my and my my pastor was like, "Hey, so how did the mission trip go?" <laughs> I was like, <laughs> "I was like, I was like, you might want to sit down, pastor." <laughs> oh my gosh! And how long had you been gone from the United States? Um, I was probably gone two weeks. It's happened in two weeks. Yeah, I was going two oh. weeks. Right. So I sat down and told the pastor. He leaned back in his chair and he was like, he was like, man, why in the world did I let you go to Peru? <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> He said, he said, that is the, the most strangest, bizarre, anointed stories I've ever heard. And um, he said, all I can say is, wow. He said, we knew that, that you were, you know, gifted mm -hmm. because I was, I was, uh, I was, pro I was in the top three of my class. Okay. As far as, uh, um, you know, academic. And, and, and the way I handled myself mm -hmm. and everything and preaching it and all that. And he was like, we knew you were gifted, but we didn't know that God was going to do something like wow. that. Wow. Uh, so what are your plans? And I says, well, I'm, I'm going to bring her here. And of course, I had a place with that ministry. It's a very large ministry. Mm -hmm. It was actually, they had actually bought the old PTL where Jim Baker okay. uh, used to operate out of so they we talk at maybe i don't know 70 50 70 acres something like that of land uh beautiful piece of property mm -hmm. so i was set i was set mm -hmm. i was set i was good i was good to go so i started working on everything paperwork everything mm -hmm. 
I had everything lined up, and uh, my my bosses came to me from Target, uh, a superintendent over the over the region, regional superintendent of Target, <clears throat> and they were like, you know, we're looking at you for acceleration, mm -hmm. right. acceleration, and I was like, oh, that, that's nice, that's nice. I like that. This is falling in line. You know, I can bring my wife here. I'm moving up the corporate ladder. And uh, I had picked out a beautiful apartment um, overlooking like a, a small lake. It was absolutely beautiful. And then one day in service, Sunday service, God put me on my, my face. And he's like, what are you doing? And literally, he's talking to me like like this. It's not like thou shalt. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. No, he said, what are you doing? And I said, Lord, what do you mean, what am I doing? I said, I'm, I'm getting everything ready to bring my mm -hmm. wife here. Mm -hmm. And he says, you're preparing a life here, but I've called you to go to Peru. Wow. I was like, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, come on now. I done did everything you done asked now. <laughs> Don't be taking my money away again. Wow. And he said, he, he, in, in a vision, he took my heart out of my chest, opened it up in front of me, took the country of Peru, put it in the, in the middle, and then closed my heart and, and put, put my heart together with Peru in the middle and stuck it back in my chest mm -hmm. in the vision. And I was done. I was done. I was broken. <clears throat> I mean, I was broken. I was completely broken. There was no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Um, and so I, I, I went to the ministry, uh, my pastor, and I said, I got to go. And he said, he said, Ben, he said, um, he said, where are you going? I said, I got to go back to the jungle. He said, do you know anybody in the jungle? I said, no, not really. He said, do you speak Spanish? I said, no. He said, how, how you, do you have, I mean, he said, how are you going to survive? I said, I don't know. I guess I'll be eating bananas. I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> All I know is I'm going. If God said go, I'm going. I said, do I have your support? Do I have your backing? Do I have your blessing? Will you release me in this capacity? And he was like, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll send you. We'll send you. And so I left with the, the blessing of the church. God, I said, sell everything that you have. And give it away. The rest of it, give it away. He said, the only money that I want you to take down, he said, I want you to sell your truck. Sell your truck, and, and that's the only money that you're supposed to take down. And I was like, man, God, you, you wow. oh, my God. You just, you just, not again. This is like round two now. So I have to go to my boss at work. And I am, I'm devastated. I mean, I am, listen, Bridget, I'm moving up fast. And uh, 
I told them that I was <laughs> I told them that I was going to Peru, but I didn't I didn't tell them that I wasn't gonna be coming back. <laughs> oh my gosh. He was like, Yeah, great, take your time. You got like a month's vacation and you know, enjoy yourself. Oh, so you know like you were going chill. You just going right. to yeah. Right. Oh right, right. They they still wait. They still waiting for me to come back. Um, <laughs> oh my goodness! So listen, I came down here with. I had three people that were supporting me. One gave fifty dollars a month. Another gave a hundred dollars a month, and then I had another person that gave twenty five dollars a month. And. The pastor of the church says, listen, he said, in the beginning, we're not going to support you. He mm -hmm. said, I, he said, I want to see if this is God. He said, you need to see if this is God. Mm -hmm. So I'm living off of $175 a month when I first come down here. So my wife, we get together. And um, she said, where are we going to live? I was like, hmm, I don't know. I said, for now, we're going to rent a room. Mm -hmm. So we so we rented a, a little room, probably, I don't know, maybe 10 by 7. My luggage, was that was our dresser. We bought a bed, had a clothesline to dry our clothes on, washed our clothes by hand, and that's how we started. Wow. But God has been so faithful and just did amazing supernatural things. Oh, wow. Things that, <clears throat> listen, listen, Bridget, my my brother my brother in law her brother was studying to be a priest and she was studying to be a nun. He had finished. All he was doing was waiting on his assignment. But we yanked him out too. Oh my now he's a born <laughs> now now he's he's a born again. Don't don't let your husband <laughs> we, we we yanked him out and he is a born again believer. And and part part of our church. Oh my gosh! What a story! I'm so happy you shared that with us. Yeah. Yeah, God is God is amazing, so, Bridget. How long have you been in Peru? Well, count ninety nine. We're we're twenty four years now. Twenty. 24 and years. How many children do y'all have? Um, we have five kids. Three in college and one in high school just finishing. He'll be in college next year. So that'll be four in college and um, a 12-year-old. Wow. Wow. That was so romantic. <laughs> I love romantic stories.
God must have told you to tell me that story. Romantic? Oh, that wasn't romantic to yes. me. That was oh crazy. My God. That was crazy. Together. It was crazy, but it was so... <sighs> I mean, you, you take a brother that grew up in the ghetto and put him together with a woman that was going to be a nun in the jungle. <laughs> I mean, like, really? <laughs> you going to do that, that to me? <laughs> <laughs> You know, God was like, "This brother needs—he need to be tempered." Oh and I know God. I got—I got just the right woman for oh. him. Oh my gosh, what a story! Yes. God doesn't to you all. Listen, God doesn't give you what you want; He give you what you what you need. What you need. Oh my God, that was wonderful, Pastor Benny. You're such a great storyteller. <laughs> So, Hallelujah. how did y'all come up with the name Deeper in Love Ministries, or was that the story, Deeper in Love? No, no, no. No, I, that was me. Um, <clears throat> that was me. Um, and, oh, here's another quick thing. This, take, uh, take down that blog spot, mm -hmm. blog spot information, because that's, that's no longer okay. active. Okay. Um, we only have a Facebook page, uh, which is called Deeper in Love mm -hmm. Ministries. Uh, but I felt like I felt like deeper in love was uh, adequate or purpose purposeful because mm -hmm. I think we're supposed to be constantly going deeper in love with him. Right? I love it. I absolutely love that. And I think that's just the purpose of our relationship is to go deeper in love. And hopefully that's the way it's supposed to be a marriage, although it don't always work that way. <laughs> But that's <laughs> you're right about that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But that's 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 the way it's supposed to be in life and friendships, just deeper in love and especially with the Lord. So that's why we put that name on it. Oh my gosh. This this was an absolute beautiful, beautiful uh testimony of yours. And talk to us about your books. Uh you say you have several books available. Right, but only in Spanish. See, our books are in Spanish, and then this, this last year, God started releasing me to put the books in English mm. and start getting them back into the in, in, into the hands of people in the United States. Um, the I just actually finished another book, Bridget. The Lord woke me up at six, and what had me write from six to twelve. Okay, and He did that. And and, and 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 I was able to finish the book in nine days oh, wow. because he had given he gave it to me just like that. And that's gonna be out next year and it's called The Kingdoms of the Worlds and the Elohim. Mm. And that's uh very deep because if if um <clears throat> if people don't know what the Elohim is, then they're gonna they're gonna find out through through this book. But um the book we have on Amazon is called The Water's mm -hmm. Edge. It's an it's it's a, it's an analogy which is something that's parallel or or symbolic to something that's the, the reality of a thing, mm -hmm. and so it takes place in the ocean, and it's a setting where the individual goes from island to island and has to overcome and learn different challenges at in at in different islands, and so. 
and and not get trapped in some of the islands and and do the things that God has called them to do on these different islands. Is that different islands? Is that your story? Um, a, a little bit, not much, not much, just okay. a little bit. It's more, it's 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 more my the revelation of what I understand in the spirit of spiritual things and spiritual truths. Um. In, in the form of these different islands. For example, one island is called the Island of Unforgiveness. Oh, okay. So, okay. so you can kind of imagine the type mm-hmm. of people that you're going to meet on this island. And, you know. Well, that sounds really good. Oh, oh it's, it's, it's yeah, very I interesting. Yeah, I'm going that tonight. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, very, it's very good. Then we have uh, our other books are in Spanish. One is called Unmasking, Unmasking the Spirit of Fear. Okay. And obviously that has to do with the spirit of fear. And I felt like that was, uh, uh, I wrote that five years ago. I thought that was important because I knew that the spirit of fear would be coming upon the, on the face of the earth in, in, a, in such a great way that, that people would be completely overtaken by it. Mm-hmm. And that did happen in, 